0: Welcome, dear listeners. Have you ever been engulfed by anger? Has it ever led to regret, strained relationships, or sleepless nights? If so, you are not alone. I am Pastor Adam Burton from Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky. Today, we are setting out on an eye-opening journey together in our sermon titled, Tempering Fury, The Road to Peace. Let me share something personal. Like many of you, I've grappled with anger, depression, and stress. These emotions can feel like a raging storm, making us feel lost, detached. But there is hope. Yes, there is hope. This summer, we will dive into the tumultuous sea of our emotions, seeking salvation and understanding in God's guiding light. And our first challenge? Anger. It's an emotion that, unchecked, can leave a trail of devastation. It might seem laughable when we think of characters like the Hulk, but personal anger is a serious matter. The Bible recognizes anger and warns us not to let it push us into sin. In our upcoming sermon, we will explore how we can steer through the storm of anger, strengthening our relationship with God. We will distinguish righteous anger, a force for change, from unrighteous anger, a destructive force that can tear us apart. Friends, God calls us to manage our anger in a way that glorifies Him. We'll learn how to channel it towards positive change, lighting up our path in the darkest of times. Join us in this transformative journey. You're just one click away from a world of spiritual guidance. Visit cbcmaysville.com and start exploring. Let's remember, when anger flares up, we have a choice to stay composed and respond in a Christ-like way. Seek God's guidance, lean on His strength, and join us on this road to peace. In this sermon series, we invite you to understand and manage our emotions better, starting with anger. Let's aim to align our hearts with God's will, fostering positive transformation within ourselves and our communities. This journey, dear listeners, is just the beginning, and we are in this together. May God's grace and love be with you all. Well, I am uh, thrilled this morning to uh, kick off a a brand new sermon series that uh, I think is going to hit close to home with a lot of us. Over these next six weeks throughout the summer, we're going to dive deep into a topic that affects every single one of us, our emotions. Now, you might be wondering, why would we spend a a whole series talking about uh, emotions? Well, let me tell you, emotions are powerful forces in our lives. They have the ability to lift us up to a mountaintop or, buddy, they can bring us crashing down into a valley of despair. Our emotions can drive us to show great acts of love and, and compassion, or they can lead us down destructive paths of anger and bitterness. But here's the thing. See, our emotions, they are gifts from God. (laughs) That's right. I mean, the very creator of the universe has given us the ability to feel, to experience uh, the full range of emotions. And, And while they can sometimes feel overwhelming and uncontrollable, we are not called to be ruled by our emotions. No, instead, we are called to bring our emotions under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had my fair share of battles with uh, with emotions. You know, I've experienced moments of anger where it just seemed to to con- consume me. Times of depression where it feels just like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And it's seasons of overwhelming stress. Even things can we keep on going in. Look, I know I'm not alone. Emotions can be a real struggle for many of us. But here's the good news. God's word has a lot to say about how we navigate our emotions in a way that honors him and brings positive change in our lives. And so in this series, we're going to take a closer look at uh, six specific emotions like anger, depression, stress, jealousy, loneliness, and grief. These emotions are are all part of of the human experience, right? We're going to explore how we can understand them, how we can manage them, and ultimately how God can transform them for his glory. Now, let me be clear, right? This series is, is not about suppressing or denying our emotions. Oh, no, my friends. No, it's about acknowledging them understanding them and allowing God to redeem them. It's about learning how we can harness the power of our emotions for good and not letting them control us. And so each week, we're going to tackle one of these emotions head on. We will deep dig into God's word, but we'll also discover practical biblical principles that can help us to navigate through the ups and the downs of life that are going to happen to all of us. I truly believe, I do, that That as we lean into this series, that, that God is going to do something incredible among us. And so I invite you over the summer, please, uh, come along this journey with us. Let's open our hearts, open our minds, and open our Bibles as we seek to understand these God-given emotions and how we can live in victory over them. Together, let's learn to surrender our emotions to the Lord and allow him to lead us to a place of wholeness and freedom. So, let's dive in this morning. You know there is uh, this one encounter that happened to me a few weeks ago, and it, and as I was going through, it, it reminded me of of the Hulk, you know the the Marvel superhero. Right now, don't worry, I wasn't, I didn't turn green in the grocery store and and, and rip my clothes off. <laughs> But I was boiling over with anger. You know, the Hulk famously famously says, he said, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. (laughs) Well, honestly, when I was angry, I didn't like myself much either. You know, we can all chuckle about the Hulk's rage when it's uh, confined into the the comic strips or into the movies. But when anger hits close to home, it's no laughing matter. So I... started digging into prayer, into scripture, seeking God's wisdom on the matter. And you know what? He revealed some profound truths about anger that I believe he wants us to hear today. You know, we all understand anger. We've all dealt with it. It's that that searing heat that, that just kind of wells up in your belly when, when somebody cuts you off in traffic. You're a painful jab when you're let down by a friend. It's that explosive eruption of wrath when your precious child suffers bullying at school. Anger is a real and powerful emotion that we all grapple with. Now, here's something important to note. The Bible doesn't shy away from talking about anger. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Paul says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Did you catch that? It doesn't say don't get angry. No, it acknowledges that that anger is a natural part of being human, but it cautions us not to allow it to spiral into into sin. And, And that's the heart of today's message. We're going to explore that how we as followers of Christ can handle this potent emotion in a way that draws us closer to God rather than pushing us away. Before we dive in, let's just take a moment to pray together. Our oh, will Father God, we thank you for this time, oh, mm-hmm. the great time of worship that we've experienced thus far. But God, I pray now, God, as I preach, Lord, oh, may the words that I speak come from you. God, may the Holy Spirit guide everything that is said, every thought that we think God, may we open our hearts and minds to allow you to move us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's talk about anger. Unharnessed, anger is like a, a wildfire capable of immense damage. Fire in itself, right, can be incredibly useful, can it? Right? Fire is what cooks our food. Right. It, it warms our homes and, and it illuminates the darkness. But if fire is not controlled, well, it can lead to devastating consequences. And the same goes true for our anger. So on this journey, we're going to explore two landscapes of anger. One is righteous anger, the kind that fuels positive change. And then, and then we're going to look at unrighteous anger, the kind that, that fosters destruction and discord. But above all, we'll we'll delve into how we can manage our anger in a way that glorifies God. The first point that we're going to to see is is this of righteous anger. It is a force for good. So as we embark on this journey of anger, we explore the concept of righteous anger. Picture in your mind, uh, just a moment, the anger that God himself displays on the pages of Scripture. But before you imagine God as some kind of divine hulk, let's remember that God's anger is different. His anger is always justified, always righteous, and always driven by his unfailing love for us. And and in the words of the the renowned theologian R.C. Sproul, he said, God's wrath is is his settled anger towards sin. It is his perfect proportionate response to a moral evil. I want to share just a, a deeply moving experience that I had just a, a few days ago on Thursday. I had the the, the solemn privilege of uh, attending the, the funeral of uh, Deputy Caleb Kahn, who uh, is a fallen hero who was tragically gunned down in the line of duty on Memorial Day, and uh, as I was there, we went through the the uh, funeral service there at that Scott County High School in their gym, and then we made the the processional. Some I don't know, probably a couple of thousand of uh, law enforcement officers from around the country. We traveled from from Georgetown to to Cynthiana, and it was a it was a, a special sight to see American flags being waved and people standing outside, and even those people that got. Unbeknownst to them, got caught up in the traffic, standing outside of their cars with their hands over their over their heart as professional of car after car with lights flashing uh, went by. But what really got me is uh, was there at, at the cemetery there behind uh, the the hospital in Cynthia, and, uh, and as we 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 got out and and the, kind of the way a. a uh, uh, a fallen officer um, um funeral service goes very um kind of set to uh to to kind of the pomp and circumstance it's uh very um structured and how it, it is it is done and, and and so all of those members that in in the law enforcement community are are, are standing in in row after row at, at attention. And and yeah. I remember standing there and um in the midst of the rows, everybody just standing tall in the heat of the of the summer. And then you, you begin to hear the, 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 uh, the 21 gun salute, the bangs from the rifles. It kind of startles you a little bit. And then immediately after that, you begin to hear the bugle sound playing the taps, and everyone standing at attention, raising their, their hand in salute to this fallen hero. And then after that, the, the pipe bands fires up the bagpipes and plays Amazing Grace. It brings chills, it chills to, to your mind. And, and where I was standing, I, I had a diagonal view I could see straight at, at the casket. But the casket wasn't my focus. It's not what, what drew me to that, that side. No, it was seeing a little girl being held in the arms of her grandfather. As both of them looked at a casket with an American flag draped over it, of a son and a father, that they will never see this side of heaven again. And as I'm standing there with my head saluting and tears begin running down my face. And yes, grief was a part of that, but that was not the main emotion that I, that I experienced. No, it was, it was a surge of anger that was welling up within me. Here's a young man who was working overtime in order to provide for his family, and an evil person took his life away. And he gets to live. Not just that, some of my own officers sitting there and seeing that in the last three years of a class of 30 academy students, they've lost two police officers who were shot in the line of duty, both of them working overtime. Can you imagine what might go through your mind? Out of 30 people, two of them are no longer here. And then in another class, another one was killed just last year by a drunk driver. There was anger. But it wasn't a destructive anger. No, it was a profound, righteous anger. See, it's against this senseless violence and this injustice that it snatched away a brave man and from his loved ones and from a community that he faithfully served. During the difficult time I came, verse came to my mind. Psalm 7, verse 11. It's this, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. The God who feels anger every day—you see, just like ours—God's heart breaks over injustice. In, in moments like these, the our anger it aligns with His, empowering us to stand against injustice, to defend the weak, the oppressed. But moreover, we find that Jesus Himself exhibited righteous anger. You remember the scene at the temple where Jesus discovered the merchants were. We're turning his father's house into a marketplace. He didn't just passively stand by. Oh, no, he fashioned a whip and he drove them out, as John chapter 2 recounts. We read, and making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Oh, do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume. See, Jesus was moved to righteous anger because of his profound love for God and his unwavering commitment to uphold his righteousness. So therefore, may we not demonize anger. Instead, let us recognize that there is a kind of anger that aligns with the heart of God a kind of anger that propels us to confront evil, to protect the innocent, to seek justice. This is righteous anger, and when it's wielded in the service of God's kingdom, it becomes a potent tool for good. Now, while righteous anger can be a force for good, we must also exercise extreme caution because there's another type of anger that can lead us astray. Right. Causing destruction in its, in its wake. It's this perilous anger that we shall, we're going to dive into next. You see, unrighteous anger is a path to destruction. Unrighteous anger is a path to destruction. It's the kind of anger that, that wreaks havoc on our lives, right? You, you know, the kind of anger I'm talking about, right? It's the anger that turns us into those ticking time bombs where you're just ready to explode at at the slightest provocation. This anger that just chips away at your relationships. It creates a bitterness and leaves you with a trail of regrets. We've all seen it. Be honest. We've all felt it too. But where does this destructive anger come from? The John chapter, or I'm sorry, James chapter four shed some light. It says this, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot attain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. See, unrighteous anger often not always, but often stems from unmet desires or unrealistic expectations. You know, it can be as trivial as expecting your, your favorite TV show to come out with a, a new episode or to put it into today's term is, you know, it, you like to get the entire season at one time so that you can binge watch it instead of have to wait week after week for the new episode to come out. Or it can be as deep as carrying the wounds of a broken relationship and allowing bitterness to take root in your heart. See, the danger that we we, we face with unrighteous anger lies in its deceptive nature. It tricks us into thinking that we're justified in our anger, even when we're not. It, It whispers in our ear, telling us that, oh, we're the victim and the other person is the villain. But here's the scary part. This kind of anger blinds us to our own faults, to our own sins. And we become so consumed by our anger that we fail to to see our own contribution to the conflict. Theologian J.I. Packer emphasizes the destructive power of unrighteous anger. He says that it is not how we react when life runs smoothly that shows us what we are. But how we take things when they go badly. Those words, they're close to home, don't they? It's easy for us to keep our cool when everything is going our way. But it's in those moments of frustration and disappointment that our true character is revealed. Think back to the story of Cain and Abel, like the firstborn sons of Adam and Eve. When God accepted C- Abel's offering and not Cain's, what happened? Oh, Cain's anger flared But instead of dealing with his anger in a healthy way, he allowed it to fester, to grow until it consumed him. And tragically, his unrighteous anger led him down a path of darkness culminating with the unthinkable act of taking his own brother's life. It's a chilling reminder of the destructive power that uncontrolled anger can wield. But there's good news. You See, we don't have to be slaves to our anger. With God's help, we can learn to respond to anger in a way that brings healing and growth instead of destruction. So in these coming weeks, we're going to explore practical steps and biblical wisdom to help us to navigate our emotions, in part anger, and to transform them for the force of good. And as we do, may our hearts be open to the working of the Holy Spirit, allowing Him to be the one that molds us into people who reflect his love, grace, and forgiveness, even in the face of anger. Which brings us to our last point, responding to anger, a call to holiness. Responding to anger, a call to holiness. You see, we've covered righteous anger and unrighteous anger, but here's the key point to remember. It's not the anger itself that's sinful. It's how we respond to it. See, we have a choice in how we handle our anger, and that choice can either lead us towards sin or towards a response that honors God. You know, sometimes it feels like our anger takes control of us, and when it does, it leaves us powerless. But the truth is, as believers, we are not at the mercy of our emotions. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And it is the Holy Spirit that empowers us to respond to anger in a way that reflects God's will and his character. The wise theologian John Stott said it well. He said, the Holy Spirit does not prompt us to do what is wrong. He gives us the power to do what is right. So when anger rises within us, We can turn to the Holy Spirit for guidance and strength to respond in a way that imitates Christ. And so, practically speaking, what does responding to anger in a Christ-like manner look like? Here's a few steps that we can take. One is to take a step back. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 29, it advises that whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. When anger starts to bubble up, just take a moment and step back and breathe. Count to three or five or ten and calm yourself before responding. Secondly is to pray. Pray. Turn to God in prayer and ask Him for wisdom and guidance. Psalm 37, verse 8 encourages, it says, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. See, God's perspective on on the situation, we, we, we should seek that and ask for His help in responding with grace and love. Next, we should seek understanding, all right? Try to to put yourself in the other person's shoes. What did Jesus teach us? To love our enemies and to pray over those who mistreat us. Now, it's challenging. It is. But seeking understanding can shift our perspective and diffuse our anger. The last one is to forgive. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul instructs us, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So might we choose to release the anger and extend forgiveness, following the example of Christ. And the thing is, when we respond to anger in these ways, what we're doing is we are putting our faith into action. We're living out the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, what we're doing is we are choosing holiness, And that, my friends, is how we transform anger from a stumbling block onto a stepping stone for spiritual growth. So as we continue this journey over these next several weeks through our emotions, let's remember that we have the power through the Holy Spirit to respond to anger in a way that honors God. So may we strive for holiness and allow our responses to anger to become opportunities for us to grow in our faith, in love, and in maturity. Together, we do this together. Let's walk this path of transformation, leaning on God's grace and leaning on each other as we we navigate the complexity of our emotions, as far musicians would come forward at this time. As we come to a close of this sermon, I want you to know that, that I'm not up here preaching at you. No, This is one of those sermons where it's kind of like I'm preaching with you. Because look, we are all in this together. All right, the first person that says, I don't struggle with emotions or I don't struggle with anger is the one where, well, we need to speak to you about the, the sin of lying. Because none of us have it figured out. Every one of us is going to stumble. We will struggle and we will fall. But in those moments, know this. Oh, know this without a shadow of doubt that we have a savior who is there to pick you up and he dusts us off and he empowers us to keep moving forward. And so if you find yourself just sitting there today thinking, look, I can't do it. I don't care what he says. I don't care what the Bible says. Look, I cannot control my anger. I want you to know that you are absolutely right. You can't. Well, at least you can't do it on your own. But God can. Because he is the the source of all of our strength, our hope, and our transformation. You see, our faith in Jesus Christ is the key It's the the key that, that unlocks the power for us to be able to live a holy life. And it's through faith that we receive the gift of salvation. Oh, yes, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's through faith that we can experience God's grace and his empowering presence in our lives. Paul reassures us in Ephesians 2, for it's by his grace that you have been saved through faith, and not of this, and this is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not by works. Why? So that no one can boast. So if you're here today, you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, oh, I invite you to take that step now to embrace the gift of salvation. Surrender your life to him and experience the transformative power of his love and forgiveness. For those of you who have already made that decision, I want to challenge you to go deeper. Sometimes I think we feel like, well, if I get saved, all I want to do is just avoid hell and and, and, and go to heaven. But but don't settle for a mediocre fate. Allow Christ to penetrate every area of your life, including how you respond to anger. Invite him to bring healing, restoration, and a renewed perspective. And how my prayer is, is that we would be a church that walks in step with the Holy Spirit, leaning on his guidance and empowerment. As Galatians 5.16 urges us, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So as we walk on this journey together, may we remember that we are here for one another and to let us support, encourage, and pray for each other. Let's be a church family, community that reflects the love and grace of Christ in a world. So as we conclude, I just pray that we would commit ourselves to handling our anger in a way that brings honor to God and speaks volumes to those that are around us. When people hear that you're a member of Central Baptist Church, something to know, wow, man, that is a church that lives by the Spirit. God, may we celebrate the fact that with God's help, even the most challenging emotions, and we're going to hit some hard ones, they can become opportunities for growth and testimonies of His transforming power. So let's pray. Invite the Holy Spirit to continue His work in our lives, shaping us to be vessels of His love and peace. Would you pray with me? Oh, dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, for all that you have done. God, we thank you for your wisdom. God, for your guidance. God, that you have given us your holy word. Oh, we know truth and the truth will set us free. God, we acknowledge that Oh, we cannot navigate the complexities of this world and our own emotions on our own. Oh, Lord, we need your strength. God, we need your grace. We need your spirit to help us to respond to anger in a way that pleases you. So God, right here in this place right now, Lord, may you fill us with your love, renew our minds, and empower us to walk in a holiness. And may our lives be a testimony to your transforming power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so we conclude another enlightening journey through scripture and introspection. Today's sermon has reminded us of our own power to handle our emotions, especially anger in a way that glorifies God. Remember, dear friends, each of us is capable of tempering our fury, transforming it into a force for positive change. Anger need not consume us. Rather, it can be a catalyst driving us to strive for justice, compassion, and understanding. This journey isn't meant to end here, though. Keep exploring, keep seeking, keep growing. Visit our website, cbcmazeville.com, for more resources to aid your spiritual growth. There, you'll find previous sermons, upcoming events, and ways to connect with our vibrant community of faith. To all our listeners, near and far, We thank you for joining us today. Whether you're listening from your homes, your cars, or anywhere else, your presence enriches our spiritual community. And remember, no matter where you are, God's love surrounds you. As we part ways for now, let's remember the key message from today's sermon, to choose patience and understanding over anger, to respond with grace rather than fury. May this inspire us in the coming week. May God's wisdom guide you his strength uplift you, and his love surrounds you. Stay blessed, stay hopeful, and remember you are not alone in this journey. From Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky, I'm Pastor Adam Burton saying until next time, may God's grace and peace be with you all.